Welcome to Real 45 podcast, where we're going to talk about Greg Hancock's career, meet some of his friends and interesting people he met on his way to the top. Wow. Uh, I'm Stefan Enel, and of course I have Greg, Greg here too. Hi. Hey Stefan, what's happening? <laughs> we're just making a podcast. That was a pretty cool intro. I like that. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> you put me on a pedestal too. I think that's even more cool. <laughs> that was the the meaning of it. Uh, can you um, can you tell me something about this podcast idea? How much time do you have? Like forty five minutes. Oh, okay. All right. That sounds good to me. Forty. It's all about the forty five. Huh? We got to roll with it. Yeah. Cool. Absolutely. I like it. We're on the same page. <laughs> Uh, you know what? It's random, man. I mean, uh, uh, now I've been bouncing this idea off a lot of people about what we do and just to tell them what we're thinking about. And it's been really mixed emotions. Some say it's really cool and some just go, you're going to what? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, that, I think that's the best part, especially uh, my manager, Josh. He, he was the best. But uh, anyway, we'll talk about that another time. Thanks, Josh. Uh, <laughs> this was an idea thrown at me about a year ago. You know, what are we now? We're in October 2017. Yeah. So roughly October, November 2016, my wife threw the idea at me that you should do a podcast. And I Just did. like that? Just like that. I was thinking, you should do a podcast. What? I did the same reaction. <laughs> what for me? What am I going to talk about? She's like, you. I can't talk about me. I'm terrible at talking about me. I like to talk about what I do and tell people, you know, about the sport and whatever. I don't want to talk about me. That's, for me, that's boring. But uh, anyway, long story short, it was a back and forth and maybe you should find a, a cool partner that you guys share common, uh, you know, common resources or common uh, situations or, you know, sporting life or your lifestyle or, you know. Maybe a Swedish guy who lives in the States or maybe, you know, because you're based in Europe and share your, your thoughts or your, you know, your racing moments and your, your life in general. So, um, I mean, literally they went back and forth and I couldn't see the, the reality of it at all. And she would bring it up every once in a while and bring it up every once in a while. And pretty much all year she, she just drops out the occasional piece of bait. <laughs> <laughs> And then suddenly, you know, I've had a lot of time to think over the last couple of months uh, with uh, my little injury in the shoulder and couldn't uh, spend the time focusing on my racing. So I had a lot of time trying to figure out uh, how to pacify the hours and the, and the minutes and the seconds and everything else in between. And, um, and suddenly I started to see what she was getting at. And I thought, yeah, I do have a lot to talk about. And maybe it's not interesting for a lot of people, but uh, there might be one or two that find it entertaining for, for the most part and um, and basically I still I felt like I can't just uh, go on and just talk I, I want to bounce ideas off somebody and I love to talk to as I've done over my career is talk to people that are random that live as you and I have discussed now that live outside of the speedway bubble and <laughs> yeah. you know you surround yourself with crazy people and and great people and and odd people and you know it's all relative in life but um i love to mingle with people doing as i refer to it as normal life stuff not just going hardcore for sort of six or seven months out of the year in this sport and then you have like four months 
or five months of, of downtime, and you really need that sometimes to recover from going hardcore and traveling and, and uh, basically not living a normal lifestyle. And everybody else has the weekend off, oh. and I'm going to work all weekend, and then I come home and I'm ready to do something in the middle of the week when everybody else is working. <laughs> so uh, it's, um, it's always fun to sit down and, and talk to people much like yourself, who obviously people out here, they don't know who you are, but they're going to know who you are soon, and and they're going to know um, why you and I are buddies and why we're doing this together, and, and that's basically because you and I share a lot of different things. We've worked together, we've done projects together, and um, I quite often bounce ideas off of you, ask for opinions and advice, and, and then... Um, you got a great positive attitude. It's a, it's Thank a, you. <laughs> you know, and again, you surround yourself with, with these kind of people and it, it adds to the person you are and makes you even more of what you are if you find the, the right people. So, uh, I'm stoked that when I brought the idea up to you that, um, you were definitely not quick to say no. No, definitely and, not. Uh, I think it's a fun, fun idea. Yeah. So in a quick couple of minutes there, I, I've kind of thrown the idea at you, and um, here we are doing our first podcast, and uh, you know, how long did it take us to get here? I have no idea. <laughs> uh, but the thing is, when you're talking about friends, I want to talk about friends, friendship, the relations between uh, you, fans, uh, friends, sponsors, and how to pick the right people around you and see who is fans or just uh, who can be something else or who, which one are the serious around you. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean about that? Because I think that when I'm, I meet a new person, whoever it is, it's easy for me to just say yes to everything and believe in that person until I'm not. Until they prove you wrong. Until they prove me wrong, exactly. Mm. And in your position, it's something else, I think. So it's harder to rely on people. Or can you can you uh, can you see where I'm coming? I I see exactly where you're coming from, and and uh, actually, I am quite similar in many ways. Uh, I guess the way to put it is that when I meet people, I, I always look for the good in them. And even if there is something that potentially is might not be good, I still f- try to find the good and bring the good out in them. And um, maybe that's a, a cool th- like, uh, thing to have in your life. But in many cases, as I'm sure some of my, my really close friends that have known me for a long time would would be quick to put me right but they know that I've got to run through my pattern but they would probably go like you might want to watch out for that guy because their first impression is much different than mine <laughs> but um, I always see the good in people and often you can get easily led and you can find yourself in a predicament like maybe that wasn't the kind of person I really should be hanging out with <laughs> but um, anyway I always learn something from whatever situation I'm in and um you know, I, I've met a lot of people that have always told me, you know, I've tried to surround myself that are with with good people, positive people, and 
Troy Lee Designs. Troy Lee, who's a very close family friend to all of us, I never forget this. You know, I often refer to people, everyone probably laughs and thinks I'm a name dropper, but I'm a name dropper because I learned so much and I want to share what I learned with some of these people because some of the things they've told me, I'm like, it never goes away. It sticks in my head. I'm like, I like that, awesome. you know? And Troy Lee said to me, like, you know what? I've had to surround myself and hire people that are a lot smarter than me. And that's the only reason why our company has worked the way it is. Because I couldn't do it on my own. And I'm not smart enough. And I remember thinking, I'm going, what? You know, you created this <laughs> empire. Yeah, you're a pretty smart dude. And, uh, you know, he laughs about it too. But he's like, no way. I'm, I, I had to find the people that are smarter than me. And it wasn't hard. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, and I thought, yeah, you know, that's a, that's a pretty cool thing to have and uh, a tool and um, that's just one guy but you know I think most of it comes from my parents you know they they installed the software early and and kind of uh, they don't look for the bad you know they always look for the good in people and they they want everything to be cool and want everybody to be friendly and and uh, that's me too but um, you know it's you learn the hard way sometimes too you do absolutely but I I'm also curious about Uh, when I mean you have a lot of fans so there, there will be a lot of people that want to talk to you all the time and even be your friends friend or not be your friend it's a hard situation to to see people in in a minute that's why we have social media now I have so many friends oh yeah <laughs> that's a cool thing yeah yeah. but your mom and dad did they have a lot of people over when you were a little boy did you have a lot of friends at home all the time and you can say that again you know my parents split up when we were pretty young so uh, I don't remember exactly how old I was and it's not really all that relevant but I was three or something there and uh Three, four, maybe. I guess it's more realistic. You know what? We should probably ask them one of these days. We should do that. We should call them up. In, yeah. In a later, in a later episode. I would love to put them on the spot and let's see if we can make them stumble. <laughs> we should. Uh. <laughs> it's all in good fun. All in good fun. But no, you know what? I I just remember it when mom and dad split up. We obviously spent all of our time as kids. My brother and sister and I. Uh, spent most of our time with mom and we were with, with my dad on every second weekend every other weekend oh, only on the weekends only on the weekends Saturday, Sunday so dad would pick us up Friday night after work we'd go to his place we'd go to Speedway on Friday night in Costa Mesa in, in our town there mm. and uh, then we would be with him down in Newport Beach Pablo Island all weekend at the beach and then we would go back to mom's on Sunday night and then we would be with her for more or less two weeks, and back to dad's again for the weekend, and back to mom's. So when we were with dad, it was action-packed. We had we had two days, right? So it was like, we would get as much <laughs> in as you can, and there was speedway, there was at the beach surfing or boogie boarding or whatever you did. It was riding bicycles with all my buddies that lived quite close to my dad's, and we were surrounded by the speedway crowd, which is, you know, many of the people that are probably listening to this because they know who we are in Speedway is Bobby Schwartz, Bruce Penhall, John Cook, Dennis Segalas. These might not be familiar names to you, but this is the cool part because by the time we're done with this, you're going to go, I know that guy. <laughs> but yeah. um, 
And then my mom, on the other hand, you know, she was, uh, you know, a single mom at that stage. You know, she had her boyfriend, one or two boyfriends here or there, and uh, throughout the, our growing up period, and and uh, they had kids too. But you know, regular work weeks were solid. It was school. It was work. But the weekends would come, and yeah, she had friends over like everybody does, and you know, it was they like to entertain. They like to have a good time. So. Yeah, pretty much we had people around, if it wasn't our friends and their families during the, you know, that was in the 70s too, man, it was, oh. it was wide open, it was, you know, <laughs> you didn't have to worry about anything, turn your kids loose, let them go, as long as we were home when the street lights came on, as we used to say, that was yeah. our alarm clock, the street lights are on, we gotta get home, you know, and, and then it's time for dinner or, or bed or whatever it is, but that was, that was our alarm clock, and, uh, yeah, wow. there was always something going on. But that means that you lived at your mom's house for two weeks because you had a school where near she lived, or did your dad do anything else on the week in the weekend? Not only weekend, in the weeks. Both of them obviously had uh, their own jobs. My dad had his own business when we were that small. Uh, he was an automotive custom painter and uh, had his own had his own business completely and doing his thing so he was pretty busy all the time and mom was working in an automotive paint store so our family's from this automotive paint business a lot of them and uh, so mom was working solid you know five days a week sometimes some weekends and and um, you know go to work from eight o'clock she had three kids and we would off to school drop us off at school she'd go to work until five o'clock come home, it was dinner, help us with our homework, go to bed, get up, you know. Oh. So it was, it was a, yeah, people have it today too, right? It's nothing new, but um, being a single parent, I'm sure it's, it's uh, much more, <laughs> more difficult to, uh, to handle, you know. And, um, but uh, in that case, we, you know, it was always something going on. And we just had to work with it. We had to roll with it. And um, that was life. That was life. That was life. But you had, you had one sister and one brother. Yeah. Uh, and you were at your dad's house at the same time these weekends? It was always like that. So that was my mom's free weekend. <laughs> it's probably, she probably went crazy from Friday to Sunday afternoon, you know. But... Um, my brother and I and uh, my sister would always go away with dad on every other Friday. My brother is from my mom's first marriage. She was married once before, my dad. And, uh, but my dad more or less raised him. Uh, he's five and a half years older than I am. But um, his dad had moved from California to Chicago when he was pretty small. So my dad pretty much raised him and he was involved in Speedway, a racer himself. Uh, super talented, really good. Um, so he... We've all been involved in the sport. My sister, the poor thing, probably... I shouldn't say the poor thing because she, she's a trooper. She hung with us. She loved it. She still loves it. Still our biggest fans. And, um, uh, you know, she just had to kind of hang around and go with the flow. But she's the one we always <laughs> turn to for support, you know. And, <laughs> and uh, she's, she's kind of like a rock in the family, too, in that sense. So um, she was the first one to have kids first one to get you know stabilized in that way and um, uh, then we kind of followed suit so uh, we turned to her when we needed help in the beginning and <laughs> how, do we, how does this work and uh, that's cool yeah it's pretty it's pretty cool 
but she 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 always been there with has she tried the speedway any time or is she just hang around with the family i mean she she's ridden motorcycles with us too and and try to remember she tried the speedway bike but probably i'm not that ask her too but i think i'm pretty sure she did i don't know if we have any pictures of her riding one but um she rode the other motorcycle she always had a little three wheeler bike uh, that oh. she rode on too and, but she's uh, younger than you she's a year and a half younger a year and a half yeah. well that's quite near it's pretty close yeah yeah so um but she's been involved I and mean, she's still heavily involved and goes to watch a lot of speedway you know here and there not not quite as much as she did before because her son was racing too for a while and then he stopped okay. and um it's been a cool thing but um yeah go back to your question yeah. yeah we would go to my dad's on the weekend all three of us yeah and we would it was always speedway involved one of those three days we were out practicing uh when we when i was old enough to start riding and um when, when were you starting riding how old were you when you first sit on a bike oh my dad started building me a bike when i was about six and i remember it was felt like the longest period of my life um when he's building it. when he was building it because it was custom everything was custom you know you don't just go to the store and buy the parts and put it together or buy a complete bike it was had the buy the frame parts find the wheels the tires the handlebars the seat you know and he made his own fenders mud guards as you say is that why is that the the, the way your dad does it or that's how it was you that's couldn't how, buy it and that's how a complete it was bike. That's, that's how it was that's how it was So you didn't, and really, some of these junior spike, junior speeder bikes today are still the same in the U.S. You've got to build it yourself or find somebody that's got something left over. However, in Europe now, it's growing so quickly these days that you can buy it. Oh, so you can. You can buy today. You can buy a bike. You can buy a bike today. But so, in, but that in, time, no. I just remember that period of him building a bike felt like 20 years, you know, and it wow. probably took a year. From the time, or maybe it was only six months that I can remember, but I was seven when I really started to get a feel for it and started riding motorcycles more. And eight, I was really hardcore practicing, and uh, nine, I was racing. Wow! So in two years, from the first time you sit on a, pretty much, pretty much. Wow! I'd probably have to confirm that with Dad exactly when you know, cause, but it feels like so much happened during that period. But uh, I think that's pretty much right. Do you remember when you? I can think that it's really hard to get a bike up that in that speed, so you can put it on slide. If it's easy to just turn left, <laughs> in my bubble, in your bubble, if you look at it, but it looks so hard to just get it up and sliding and then control it. Can you remember when you did your first slide? Oh yeah, yeah like yesterday. Did you? And it was like, and that slide was probably the wheel. Uh, move, you know, uh, an inch or something. <laughs> but I was sliding. You were sliding. <laughs> I was sliding, and uh, you know, and I, I even see it with my kids now. And when they first started riding, and they get the first little, the tire just kind of moves out from underneath them a little bit, and they're like, "Did you see that? I was sliding all the way around the corner." <laughs> you know, and it's like it's so cool, so innocent, yeah. and so honest. And uh, I, I can remember. It. I can't say exactly the date of it but I can remember the practice session I remember the bike boom just doing one of those can you remember if it was like you have been practiced for the all day and then in the end of the day you just got it or did you get it in the, in the beginning of the practice and you can 
hundred percent. It was all day, and I got it in the end, one little section, because that's that's my life in a nutshell. I don't do, ever do anything the first time, right? I have to I have to study it. I have to try it a hundred times before I'm thinking, okay, I got this now. Okay, now I can try and slide it, and uh, that's that's totally me in a nutshell. But that's something really cool, because you don't give up. As I said, Jiggles. Yeah, for sure. I uh, I'm having a hard time giving it up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but then, but then when you know it, you know it. I started at such an early age too, you know. And I think in anything, they always say practice makes perfect, for sure. But uh, I mean, I'm I'm probably taking the age to another extent when you look at it this way. But yeah, I started young, so for me, sliding sideways to the left. Is such a natural feeling. Everything I do, I feel like I want to get sideways, you know. And it's like <laughs> if you're driving the car and you just make a small little left-hand turn, you just you just want to tap the gas on the car and just you just want to send the back end out and for a second, you know. And even if it's just a second, it just something about that feels so good and so natural. So um, you know, even just to kind of slide over in the chair, I always want to throw it sideways for a second. I can I can understand. I never tried a sport. Uh, not yet. Not yet. <laughs> that would be in uh, like episode 154. <laughs> <laughs> These episodes could go fast. Oh yeah. <laughs> Slide. Prepare yourself. <laughs> I think so. Yes. And I think that this is the end of the pod, the episode one, and this is just a taste of what what is coming and how honest and open you will be in this podcast. Uh, And I think that we have started somewhere in California when you was born, and in the beginning where you started to testing and racing with a speedway bike. And in next episode or in near future, we will talk to you boys too. Super cool, and uh, maybe we should save it, but. Um the name of our podcast real 45 oh yeah of course there's a cool i don't know if we should talk talk about it now or save it but hey we have five more minutes do we yeah i think so oh let's roll with it then so uh going back to your original question is why we're here and what's going on why this podcast and uh then you have to think what are we going to call the podcast just call it hancock or call it 45 or call it greg and stefan's show or what are we going to call it you know but um in a way, you know, it's people have asked me for years, and guys that are, are you know write books and or authors, or whatever, want me to write a book, and I always think I got I don't have enough to say, you know. And the other reason is I don't know if it's a it's enough of an audience to to do a book. Maybe it is. Maybe it's just me. But I, I want to start thinking about this, and why not tell the story? Let you hear it from the horse's mouth rather than reading it from the horse's mouth and um, here's where we came to the idea of Real 45 because I mean my whole life I've been recording this whole run on a big reel <laughs> on a wheel and that wheel is in my head right yeah and um, you know you have a few pieces laying around that are, are uh, persistent or consistent reminders of of what's happened over the years, you know, whether it's a photo or it's a it's a trophy or it's a medal or it's a certificate or it's um uh, you know, it's a wedding ring or it's uh, a couple of little soldiers sleeping in beds in different rooms, you know, it's there's a lot of things that that uh, are on the reel and um 
I just decided that I kind of want to rewind the wheel and tell people my story. Whether you want to hear it or not, I'm just going to talk. And you can plug in and plug out whenever you want. And if it means anything to you, cool. If, if it gives you some sort of inspiration, as you and I discussed, I mean, it's all for us. We're inspired by so many cool things. We're motivated. And uh, uh, I'll share my story. You can listen to it if you want. But there's this could be a long long run of episodes and that will be periodic and uh but what we're going to do in between what our plan is to do in between is going to be even more cool absolutely and i think that we are going to talk to some of the guys or girls that you met on the way you will also share some uh, pictures and videos and things that happens along the way on instagram and twitter that's right So follow us on uh, Real 45 Podcast, uh, Twitter and Instagram. That's it. And who knows, maybe we'll throw out a YouTube channel at some stage, but we'll just roll with this for now. Absolutely. So thank you for today, Greg. Hey, thanks to you too. And hey, thanks for listening, everybody. Thanks for listening. See you next time.